Good morning. I feel like it's been a while since I've been up here. Um, it is a we we are continuing uh, for our theme of the year. Uh, it was great to be at the marriage retreat. You know, it still felt like we were in the marriage retreat. So you feel like your theme goes with you. If your theme is what is love, uh, so that was cool. It was great to be there. We had uh, like five young married couples. The leaps were there. So. Six young married couples, if I'm being generous, right? Uh, they're, uh, I think they're serving in kids right now, but, you know, it was, it was a great time to be there. Uh, we had a, uh, we got a shout out at the very end where um, Jimmy Rogers, who organizes the event every year, he said, uh, you know, and we've been getting a lot of requests, or that Mike has been asking us to, to have it up in Burlington, and then we were all, all the Burlington people were like, yeah. We made a lot of noise. I went up to Jimmy and I said, Jimmy, I heard a lot of screaming about coming to Burlington. And he goes, you might have a small group, but your people are loud. And I was like, that's right. Um, So we'll see. I'm still working on him. But four hours is a long time for 200-something other people to drive. Uh, uh, But I try. I'm not giving up. So just know. We may, uh, we may have our retreat here and sometime in the future. But, so this week, you know, I, I want to I continue with our series, but Kristen and I came across a story this week, or Kristen came across it and shared it with me. Um, one that, like, honestly, it, it made her, you know, moved her to tears, and it made me tear up. Uh, because you ever feel like, man, people can be so rude, so mean. Right? You know, we came across this story of this guy, and, and it was this meme that got posted about internet bullying, right? And these, these guys started making fun of this man, and he's at a party, and he's dancing. So spotted this specimen trying to dance the other week. He stopped when, we saw, when he saw us laughing. You know, and there's this guy at this party, and he's trying to dance, and, and he's, he's a big guy, Right? And, but what you can see is, he's there, looks like he might be having a good time. He sees them, and you just look, see how discouraged he gets. It's like, that's so, like, messed up that they would do that. But, this meme went out, and this woman came across this meme, and she, has a, she was like, that's, that's not okay. She put up, she goes, anyone know this man? Or who posted this? There's a huge group of ladies in L.A. who would like to do something special. Then this went out. Dancing man, we don't know much about you, but a photo on the internet suggested that you wanted to dance, and, we, and, and you were made to feel like you shouldn't be. We want to see you dance freely, and if you would have us, we would love to dance with you. We are prepared to throw quite the dance party just for you if you have us. To be clear, it's 1,727 of us, and we're all women. (laughs) If this isn't appealing, we're okay with taking a no for an answer, but we'd like you to know that the offer stands. May we have this dance. Sincerely, an occasionally overly enthusiastic group of women in California. (laughs) Pharrell Williams, I don't know if anybody of you know this guy. This became big, because... Pro Williams is, he, some of his videos, one of them has over a billion views uh, on YouTube. Uh, it says, hey, Cassandra, keep me posted about your dance party. Never be, 
tells the dancing man, never be ashamed of yourself. You are both truly hashtag other. And, and, but it became this, this guy Pharrell Williams that later said, you know, he said he might even perform at the event if it happens. Then there's this other guy named Moby, who's kind of famous as well, uh, pretty famous DJ. Actually, he's outrageously famous, but uh, I offer my DJ services for free. Dancing man, dancing man found, fine dancing man. No one should ever be ashamed about dancing. It, it becomes this deal, they're trying to find this man, everybody's trying to find him. And they find him. He shows up. Hey guys, that's me. And they have their party. Dude got out there. They, they rented a whole nightclub. They had over a thousand people show up, right? They, uh, they raised over 40000 or almost $40,000 for the cause of... He turns out he was in London. They brought him from the UK to LA. They hosted this huge party. And then all of the, the profits that were made or the donations... Uh, ended up going to a campaign to that was an anti-bullying campaign, like an anti-online bullying campaign. You know, this is is love in my mind. You see that you go, this guy was so discouraged. I mean, they went to they went to this. This guy being shamed. And you think about what somebody has to be feeling, you know, to treat someone like this. Like, this is not love. You know, what is love? It's not this. It's not disgrace. It's not dishonor. It's not disregard. And, and the truth is, they, they totally disrespected this guy. They dishonored him. And they had a complete disregard for his humanity, of him being a person. This isn't love. But I'd argue this is. This guy having a great time. People showing up. You know, for me... I love to see when people elicit, elicit the characteristics of God, right? And, and this woman, I think, got a group of people together who did that, you know. that they, they wanted to lift this guy up. They wanted to honor him. They wanted to respect him. They wanted to hold him in regard and, and consider him as worthy, right? And what's cool is that's what God does with us. That's... As we look at what is love, you know, in 1 Corinthians 13, one of the passages, it says, uh, verse 5, it says, love is not rude, love is not self-seeking, right? And, and in this concept, when you think about when someone's rude, what are they, when you're rude, when I'm rude, what are we normally thinking about? Or at least what are we feeling? We're usually more concerned with self. You know what I'm saying? Um... And so we're going to live it, look into this today. So what is love? Oh, you can't... Where did that slide go? It's not there. Alright, one is missing, but that's okay. So what is love? It's not this. It's, it's not dis, D-I-S. Disgrace. Dishonor. Disregard. Disrespect. It's not this. Alright? Can't see that, because it's not up there right now. But, uh, you know, so... Really, point one is this. Love honors others. Love honors others. And, and God honors others. And I want to look at a passage where God really finds someone who's been brought low and lifts them up. Right? Because I, I love it. This is a great story of they brought this guy low. And man, I mean, he's been on like Today Show and all sorts of stuff at this point. Just talking about how good it felt for people to 
rally around and do something good like that. And people flocked to that love. Like, when people started doing good, other people wanted to be a part of the good. But this is such a God-like quality. You got a Bible. Turn over to Judges chapter 6. You know, one of the things I like to do with this is, throughout this theme, is really to show us it's, this is really the character of God. Um, and both the God of the Old Testament, which is the same God as the God of the New Testament. And so, for me, I look at this and I, I have to go, it's not just Jesus who's loving, it's, it's God of the past, right? Of what we would say, the God of the Old Testament who is incredibly loving. And I want to look at this story of, of a man that God really lifts up and honors. A man who I feel like many of us could connect with. I feel like Nicole is going to get this as she was sharing her welcome. A guy like Anim Gideon. And, and just for a little bit of context, let me tell you this really quick before we read this passage. In, in chapter 6, starting in verse 11 is where we'll be. But Gideon is living in a time period where the, there's a couple other nations that have been coming in and attacking the Israelites. And not only are they, they attacking in huge numbers, they're showing up and they're like destroying all of their crops. They camp on the land. They steal all their food. They, if, they're, if they find them processing the food, they just come in. They take it all away. I mean, they're being incredibly oppressed by other nations. And there's, there's a lot of famine, a lot of fear, a lot of um, insecurity uh, of the people. And we're going to see kind of what this guy Gideon is feeling a little bit. What he thinks about God, what he's feeling about his nation, what he feels about himself, and what God ends up saying. But let's look in verse 11. The angel of the Lord came and sat down under the oak in Ophrah that belonged to Joash the Abyssalite, where his son Gideon was threshing wheat in a wine press to keep it from the Midianites. When the angel of the Lord appeared to Gideon, he said, The Lord is with you, mighty warrior. But sir, Gideon replied, If the Lord is with us, why has all of this happened to us? Where are all the wonders that our fathers told us about when they said, Did not the Lord bring us out of Egypt? But now the Lord has abandoned us and put us in the hand of Midian. The Lord turns to him and said, Go in the strength you have and save Israel out of Midian's hand. Am I not sending you? But Lord, Gideon asked, How can I save Israel? My clan is the weakest in Manasseh, and I'm the least in my clan, in my family. The Lord answered, I will be with you, and you will strike down all of the Midianites. You know, if you, if you know the rest of this story, Gideon is a guy who, time and time and time again, what he does is like, God says, go and do this. And he says, are you sure, God? Are you sure you're with me? He, he is one of those guys that's like, I think, just struggles with immense insecurity in himself. Anybody else struggle with that? I think it's, he, he's constantly asking, he prays multiple times, okay, God, if you really want me to do this, at one point there's a fleece. He goes, I'm going to put this fleece out. And, when it, and, and fleece is just like sheep's wool. And he goes, all right, if you're with me, 
I want the ground all around it to be wet, but I want the fleece to be dry. And God's like, sure, okay, I'll do it. He puts it out overnight, he comes back, the fleece is completely dry. And then he goes, okay, well, well, just to be sure, what I want to do is I'm going to put the fleece out again, and this time I want the ground to be dry and the fleece to be wet. And I'm like, okay, cool, I'll do it. You know, and then he goes and he gets the fleece and he wrings it out and like ends up filling up like a bowl of water. I mean, it's, it's no small amount. I was like, get it. And then it's, but getting just multiple prayers like that, just to test God, he's, he's like, are you sure you're, are you sure you're with me? Are you sure you're with me? And so this, I look at this as kind of the, his character of a guy who really struggles but here he's, he's at a low point. He's in a wine press. And a wine press is, is usually at a low point in the ground. And then they dig a pit, essentially. And it's, it's stone. And then what it's for is you get in there. You throw all the grapes in. And you have you ever seen I Love Lucy? There's the episode. She's walking around crushing the, the grapes. But just imagine being in a big giant pit and just smashing grapes with your feet. Instead, he's not using grapes. He's in there with wheat. And wheat is not meant to be... It, it, what you do with wheat in the process is you, you're, you're supposed to like get it with a fork and kind of throw it in the air. And the chaff catches in the air and blows away. So you do this typically at the top of a hill. Not at like a low point in the area, in the ground. Right? This is a whole lot of extra work. Clever but not exactly courageous, okay? And so to me, when, when you hear the story of, here's Gideon, already I think, paint the picture of this is the guy who's not like, you know, the, I'm, I'm going to go do it. You give me a little bit of a charge and ready to like bull rush a problem. Not this guy, right? Um, and instead, he's, he's here. So when the angel of the Lord shows up and goes, God is with you, mighty warrior. I imagine he's like, and starts looking around for like other people, like, who are you talking to? And God's going, I'm talking to you. In the pit. Right? I'm going to get you out of there. I'm going to give you a battle to fight. I'm going to be with you. I'm going to give you victory in your hand. I'm going to lift you from this place of cowardice and, and dishonor to a place of, of honor. And, and eventually Gideon became the leader of the Israelite people for a generation. Wow. I mean, he, he became a man of such high regard, but God took this man in such a low place and lifted him up. And that's, that's just God's MO. He finds those who are low and goes, I can use this guy to do something great. I can pull them out of this pit, and I can do something great here. You know, God believed in Gideon even when he was hiding. Even when Gideon didn't believe in himself. He's like, are you talking to me? You're not talking to me. You know, God called him and said, get out of the pit. Get up and fight. What he could have said was, rather than, you know, I think of dishonor, what God could have said rather than, hey, mighty warrior, God is with you, go in the strength you have, like, all of this. God could have said, um, get out of his pit, get out of the pit and fight. You're too pathetically weak to overcome your enemies, but I'll do it. 
Just stand up and do what I say. But God didn't say that. God saw what the man could become, what he could be, who he was. Like God had a belief in him. You know, and I, and I, I appreciate everything that Cole shared. The ideas that we can tell ourselves sometimes, or the world may tell us, and God's going, you don't even know how, like, how incredible I think you are. I want to lift you up. And God pulled him out of this pit, but the reality is, didn't he do that to each of us when he pulled us out of our sin? He, he did. He lifted us out of, out of our own wine press, or, you know, or squashing our own grapes of wrath, essentially. And he pulls us out and puts us on a place where he goes, I don't want you to be down there. I want you to get up. Let me put you in a place of honor as one of my children. That's what God wants to do. He wants to give us a battle to fight, right? A victory to win. And that battle, that battle we fight is not against flesh and blood, right? As Gideon had to go actually fight against other nations, ours is against the, the forces of the dark world. It's, it's against the, the spiritual realm. It's against sin. It's not against people. It's against sin. And God's going, I'm with you, mighty warrior. I'm going to help you overcome. You know, when I think of, so how does this tie into love? Love honors, builds up, believes in, respects. And I see this, that this guy would have been easy to disrespect. You guys see what I mean? Like God consistently has to like encourage Gideon. Throughout his life. And I, and I really encourage you. Go through, read the rest of his story. It's, it's like Judges 6, 7, and 8. Read the rest of Gideon's story. It's, it's inspiring. And you're also like, dude, can't, like, you got to keep testing God in this way. You're going to laugh at him a little bit. But in the same sense, I think we all do the same thing. We're like, God, are you really with me? Are you really with me? Because like, I'm with you. I've already lifted you up. You know, when we got baptized, right, we went down and he lifted us up to a new life. He makes us new creations, new people, children of God. And he's done it for us. He sees us in the depth of our sin. He calls us to a place of honor as his children. God honors us with the opportunity of being part of his kingdom. How cool is it if you consider this idea? That God looked at Gideon and said, I believe in you. In you. I find you worthy. Like, if, if God sent a messenger and, and it was like, Giovanni, I find I believe in you. I believe you are worthy. You are my son. Right? It's like, Scott, I believe in you. God comes to you. Like, if, if you had the messenger come to you and go, I'm with you. But the reality is, he's already done that. That's already how God feels about you. So you can think, like, Kayla, you know, little sister, she's back there. God believes in you. Right? In each and every one of us, how he feels about us. So when Satan kind of whispers those lies in our ears, it's easy to go, well, it's not necessarily easy, but it's one of those times where you go, you need to shut your mouth. In Jesus' name. Right? Like... Because those, those thoughts don't belong in my headspace. They don't belong in my heart. 
Because my God already has lifted me up, honored me. He respects me. I'm highly regarded. You are highly regarded. These are the things we should be telling ourselves. And that doesn't mean that we can't have a humble opinion of ourselves, because that is absolutely what we should do. Because in, while it says uh, in 1 Corinthians 13, verse 5, when it says love is not rude, that word is also often translated as love does not dishonor others. And the next phrase is love is not self-seeking. What does that mean? It means you consider others above yourselves. And when you consider what, where most... Arrogance, pride, um, disrespect, dishonor comes from. It comes from a place in us where we're generally um, arrogant, self-focused, sometimes insecure. Anybody ever been like rude to somebody just in the kind of to get the attention off of yourself? You ridiculed someone else. You know, I. uh, I, I even had to question my own heart about it this last Friday. We, we uh, the young professionals and some of the teens and the campus all got together, and uh, we went we went out bowling and it was a lot of fun. And at, at one point, I gave Kyle a hard time, not not much of one, not a little one, uh, just just a little bit of one. All right, but um, and and so I gave him a little bit of a hard time at one point, and I had to check myself right after I did it to go, why did I do that? Am I just trying to make everybody else laugh at someone else's expense? Right? And I don't, I don't necessarily think I was, but I still love my brother, and I also know that that can really hurt him. So Kyle, I'm sorry if I at all offended you. Okay. Amen. But I think the, the reality is, I think we've all probably done something like that. Where we brought someone else low rather than lifting them up. Right? We, we brought them, we put somebody else on blast so that nobody sees our problems. Right? And that's just not what God does. That's not what He does. He lifts people up. He considers others even before Himself. And I want to look at this as an example. Turn over to Philippians 2. And those who are insecure tend to be more self-focused than others or God-focused. You know, that sort of self-focus creates total disregard. It's not love. It's not loving. But it's incredible to see how God considers us. Philippians 2, starting in verse 3, let's look at Jesus' example. Paul Paul is writing telling us about even Jesus' own example. But he gives the Christians this charge. Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit, but in humility consider others better than yourselves. Each of you should look not only to your own interest, but also to the interest of others. Your attitude should be be the same as that of Christ Jesus who being in very nature God, did not consider equality with God something to be grasped, but made himself nothing, taking on the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness, and being found in appearance as a man. He humbled himself. He he became and became obedient to death, even death on a cross. 
Therefore, God exalted him to the highest place and gave him the name that is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord, the glory to the glory of God the Father. You know what's cool is you see in the story again, Jesus gets brought low, and what does God do? He lifts them up. That's just God's MO. When someone's brought low, God's desire is to lift them up to a great place. I love that, that that's how God works. God, out of love, lifts up the low and humbles the proud. It's encouraging, unless you're proud. Because <laughs> then you just kind of wait to be humbled. All right? But uh, God, in this own passage, in this very passage we look at, He says, do not, like, do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit, but in humility consider others better than yourselves. Consider others. Point two, love considers others. Mm. Love considers others. You know, and in all of this, you look at love, God is love. God considers others. God honors others. God, love lifts up. Love respects. Love regards. That's what love does. And I think we've, when we look at Jesus, we look at his example. Jesus could have said, forget it. Forget it. Father, these humans aren't worth all this suffering. It's not worth the humiliation. They're not worth the ridicule that I'm having to go through right now. Forget it. But he didn't. He considered us worthy of all of it. He considered us. Right? One of the greatest challenges I've found in Scripture is this one in verse 3. To value others better than ourselves. It's just hard. It's, just, it's naturally, it's hard. Just like Peter said, what do you do when you look at a picture? You look at yourself first. And then what do you do? You're usually like assessing. This is what I do. I assess, how do I look compared to the other people in the photo? Um, it's just, it's human nature, right? To consider self first. And yet this is going, nope. Consider others first. Value them even above yourself. And the challenge I have with this that it sometimes makes me wonder is, does that mean I just I need to consider myself as worthless? Absolutely not. Absolutely not. You know what I'm valued at? I'm valued at the blood of God. You know what you are valued at? You are valued at the blood of a God. Of the God. At the blood of a king. You are literally priceless. There is nothing that you're not worth. So if you were to say, oh, I need to be worth less, how can you devalue that? Do you know what I'm saying? I, I, I never want to try to devalue what Jesus has given, what his sacrifice was worth. But what I can do is I can choose to put others ahead of myself in line. Uh, it's a little bit of a conundrum. It's something we have to think about and consider carefully, that you're highly valued, but then to make the decision to value others before ourselves. That's what Jesus did. 
He knows his own value. God has confidence because he, God can be overflowed with good things. You ever hang out with somebody who, Crystal I feel like is a good example of this. She's very like confident, but when I hang out with her, I just feel like so encouraged. She's like lifting, I feel like whenever I'm around her, I'm encouraged, like she's lifting me up or she's saying encouraging things and she inspires and encourages others. She's great at that and I think that comes with a lot of self-confidence. God, even more than that, is perfectly confident in who he is. Never needs to put anybody down. Is always just ready to lift people up. Because he doesn't need to bring anybody, like, unless they're just arrogant and proud and need to be brought low for their own good. God doesn't want to bring people down. And even what he does do, it's out of an act of love. Not out of to dishonor them or disrespect or disregard them, but to go, you got to get over this. I can't help you when you're like this, right? But from that love, God can lift us up. But for me, I find it as challenging. I do. I find it in my own selfishness. I find it in my own desire. You know where most? Leisure. I feel like I deserve my leisure time. And I'm now about to have my second child. So I think God's going to be like, we're going to test that. Because, uh, man, he's coming at my character with my son, right? In the last year and a half, two years has been amazing. Um, having him, but it definitely challenges my character. Yesterday, he was in meltdown mode. Neither Kristen and I were feeling very well, and he was just a mess. Uh, and, and we both had a lot to do, and it was just, it was so hard. It was so hard not to just want to be selfish and just go, you deal with this. Mess over here. Um, but that's just, it's selfish, you know, and Kristen ends up texting me at like, 8.30 or something like that. H-A-L-P, help. Uh, she's like on the couch, like trying to do work. And she's just like, I'm so hungry. And she's like not getting up. She's like, can you make me a salad? And I'm just like, I have so much work to do myself. And I'm like, amen. I'll make the salad. But the first time she asked two hours earlier, I didn't make the salad. Um, full disclosure here. I didn't make the salad because I thought... Can you just go make your own salad? I'm going to go take care of my stuff. And by the time she didn't do it two hours later, and she's just like on the couch, I can just tell she's, she's there, she's pregnant, she looks very much in need. Uh, and I'm just like, and then I'll do it. You know, and so I had to get over it and consider her myself. And the first time I didn't. Uh, but amen for repentance. So I'm sorry I didn't do it the first time. But, uh, you know, we just look at that sort of situation. But how do we do that, not just with the people we love, but with everybody? Talked to my best friend on the phone this week. He was telling me about how he's in this ridiculous traffic. And he goes, he was getting frustrated. I could hear people honking the horn. And then he's apparently behind this other person. And he, he goes, bro, I'll tell you what. I am convicted by, like, the kindness of this person in front of me. Like, at first he was telling me about, I'm annoyed by this person because they just let someone else go. But apparently he had to stay behind this person, and they kept doing it. Like, letting other people... And he's, like, starting to get it. And he goes... No. He goes, 
I'm actually now starting to get convicted by how, like, putting others first this person is being. Uh, and I was like, amen, bro. I would be struggling. <laughs> but that's the reality of, of the sort of things. How are we going to live? What are we going to be? Are we going to be the sort of people that put others above ourselves, that love and consider? And, and even in the, the little ways like that, to value other people's time, to, to have a regard for other people's feelings, right? The, the dancing man, the people who made fun of him did not regard him as a human being, did not value him, did not consider him. And what did they do? Then they went to disrespect and dishonor him because they wanted to laugh. And what I love is when other people built him up. And I said before, people flocked to that. When, they, when somebody saw others loving someone by regarding them and lifting them up and having a godlike quality what do people do they flock to be a part of that people want to be a part of godly things godly aspects right and so i ask the question how can we more be like that as individuals as a church to be like god right I want, to, I want to put and consider others. Because you know what? How do we do that? Not just with the people in the world, but most especially here in this group. To consider and love and respect and honor and lift up each other in such regard that when people walk in, they don't want to leave. Because they just go, this is, this is where God is. People flock to the love. And even Jesus said, they will know you are my disciples by your love for one another. So let's be a people that love and imitate this aspect of God. Because this is who our God is. A God who honors, a God who respects, a God who regards and considers. Let's be the people of love. Amen.